Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. This is how I clean my rubber cold cut sandwich. Dust off! Good morning, Swim World, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Wednesday, March 24th. I'm J.E. Skeets rolling this morning with my top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo! Hey, yo! We got the international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friend. Mmm. And last but not least, making the magic happen today is J.D. Hello. There is, and here we are. Apologies in advance if you hear some weird noises in the background from some of us today. JD, you said you got like, what's going on over there? You got a plumber and some construction worker. Got a plumber worker. right behind me. He's working on a toilet, and I got an AC guy going up and down the stairs all day. Okay. Uh, well, I got someone taking down a tree like two houses down. <laughs> I can hear a chainsaw going nuts. Tomorrow, they're going to be redoing their driveway next to me, so that's oh, going to be nice. So anyway, yeah, apologies. Uh, first move of the Trade deadline. No dunks traded in leaf blowers for some different maintenance men. This is big. The <laughs> biggest move of the week so far. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Like, comment, and subscribe. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Share the show with your friends. Let's get those subscription numbers up. Uh, email us your questions for the next Beach Step in podcast. Send them in to no dunks at theathletic.com. We hit the beach yesterday to answer a few of your cues, topics included. A hypothetical Lakers-Celtics trade that got everybody angry. Uh, Whether Anthony Edwards is a more exciting player than Zion Williamson. We talked about sunflower seeds and NHL 94 on the Sega Genesis and Lee's leaky roof and Tim Hortons making changes. Uh, We had a blast on the beach. Lee, did you get up in the attic last night? This morning I checked at uh, the storm. Well, the storm. <laughs> the daily check. I was yeah, kidding, well, but you're we, serious. No, well, we were expecting a storm last night. Uh, it didn't really happen, though, so I, I didn't wake up with that howling wind, that whistling sound that really is worse than a nightmare for me. So I just had a little poke wind. up this morning and uh, safe and sound for now, for now, but... You know, it's not a problem that goes away. It's always there in the back of my mind. I'm not even convinced you live in a house at this point. It's like you're in a tent. You're so worried about the wind and the rain. I tell you, I think I'd rather be in a tent, to be honest, because at least I can rely on that. I used to, we used to go camping tons as kids. Never once had a leak, ever. Oh, well, not even a ground leak? Because you got to watch your pressure on the sides, I remember as a kid. Yeah, yeah. We got a bit of rain sometimes, but uh, Dickie was always pretty good at getting those tents up for us and uh, taught us the right way. So, uh, yeah, maybe I'll move into the tent (laughs) awesome uh immaculate items available for sale over at nodunks.com so go grab your no dunks hoodies and shorts and t-shirts and stuff like that yeah lee's got a good morning sweet world there that looks great lily okay guys we'll get to some game talk from last night we had a lot of blowouts in the nba we had a good one late uh between the nets and the blazers well we'll get to some of those games but let's start once again here with some trade rumor JD says it so sexy. Trade rumors, trade deadline tomorrow, you know, just over 24 hours from now, it will be in the books. And we're a little light on the actual trades happening, but, you know, there were some, I wouldn't say new rumors yesterday, but some uh, confirmed rumors, let's call them that. First one, Trey. Have at it here. The Rockets are apparently progressing in talks to trade Victor Oladipo. Again, this is a name that's been in the trade cycle for a while. And it sounds like it's going to happen. It's just to who? So do you have a, you know, a thought on where he could go and what it will take to get him? What's your take on this? This one, honestly, Skeets, has me scratching my head a little bit. Okay. No doubt about it. The Rockets want to trade him. I think they're going to find a partner because you got Woj saying, quote, 
The Houston Rockets are progressing on several fronts in trade talks to trade guard Victor Oladipo. Mm. Strong confidence they'll execute a deal ahead of the trade deadline. Sounds good. I believe it. He continues. The Rockets are increasingly comfortable with the offers on Oladipo in the marketplace, which include young players and first-round pick combinations that the franchise believes are suitable returns. Hmm. Several teams, huh, would trade a young player and a first-round pick for a guy whose trade value is at its lowest right now, who can be a free agent in the summer. I'm a little dubious about that one because the Athletics' Kelly Eco and others had this quote in their Oladipo report. I think the Rockets will be selling very low on this and possibly lower than anyone can imagine right now. The executive continues, low enough that someone who has little chance of keeping him may not care and would take a flyer on him with no promises of retaining him. The market is wider than people think because the value is lower than people anticipate. Ah. Hmm. Furthermore, Shams is reporting that Miami, New York, and Detroit are interested and that the Rockets might settle for a second rounder, all of which is to say this seems to me like a no-dunks happy hour. A lot of smoke. But I don't think much has changed so far. The Rockets want to trade Victor Oladipo. They're going to find somebody. But to me, he's still second in line on the trading block amongst guards behind Kyle Lowry. We're going to find out where Kyle Lowry goes first because he's probably a more desirable player, especially for a team like Miami, which seems like the, the destination that these two guys have in common right near right now. Uh, Miami should be more interested in Lowry, but I could definitely see the New York Knicks getting into the game. They've got extra first-rounders. They've got their own first-rounders. They've got cap space. They've got some young players you could throw into a trade in Kevin Knox and Frank Nielakina. They've got that glamour market that Victor Oladipo clearly is interested in, yep. and the Knicks would get his bird rights if they do want to keep him the Knicks. They're making a playoff push. They're probably going to make it this year, as uh, as we've seen so far. You know, with teams dropping out, and we're starting to see some of uh, some of their competition turning into sellers. So I can certainly see the Knicks hopping in here and making a move because I think that the Heat would rather wait for Lowry and try and get Lowry as much as they can. Uh, but we shall see. Uh, I do think Victor Oladipo will be traded. I will be shocked though if it's for a player and a pick. That's a that's right. a big load for. Victor Oladipo. Yeah, it's almost like the athletic beat guys are saying, eh, this could be like the old um, Drummond poo-poo platter mm. type of yeah. deal here, which will shock people if it does happen, and I think it's in play. What I mean by that is, like, maybe it is like a second rounder and, like, obviously some uh, players to make it happen, and that's it. And you're like, what? That's all for Victor Oladipo? Yeah, that's sort of where he's at. And, of course, hitting free agency. He turned down, Lee, uh, a two-year extension from the Rockets. Oladipo did when he got there. You know, making it very clear that he's uh, ready to explore free agency here. But what is your take? I like how Trey really broke that down. Do you think it would be wise for the Knicks to, let's say, a Knox, maybe a Nilakina, and then maybe one first-round pick? Is that even still too much for the New York Knicks to uh, sort of take a flyer? Maybe they would have an arranged deal to sign uh, Victor Oladipo. What's your take? I wouldn't give up a first-rounder from the Knicks. They've been pretty disciplined in the last couple of years at holding on to those picks and not trading them away for the veteran who, you know, Oladipo, it's very hard to figure out exactly how good he is right now. He's 28. He's going to be 29 by the end of this season. So he's not old. But did he just have one really good season where he made the all-star team? And, and are those injuries going to catch up to him? Or is he the sort of player who actually could be just what they need? Another veteran who can score. He's a good defender. He can provide that. But I think there's a little bit too much risk involved to give up a first round for him. If you can get him for a second round, I think it's worth it. Especially because the Knicks are reported to be one of the cities and the destinations that he wants to sign with. So right. I think that's good. And again, for the Knicks getting his bird rights, so I think that's worth it. But low risk. Don't don't give up any of that first round capital because I just don't think it's worth it. When unless you do have, as you mentioned, there maybe a little bit of a wink, wink. Yes, I'm going to sign here next season. But right. uh, I just don't think we know that yet because. If you're Victor Oladipo and you've got an offer from the net uh, from the Knicks and the Heat, I would probably lean more to the Heat because they're a little closer to a championship than the Knicks. But who knows exactly what he's thinking there? Um, he's a good player, uh, and you know, turning down two years and I think it was about forty-five million from the Rockets. Well, what you know, what's he going to get in the open market? Is anyone going to give him you know four years and eighty-five, basically similar to what he just got from the uh, well, the Thunder originally signed him to that. Um, you know, I'm not sure there's a huge market for a guy like that. Like, I don't, I don't know. There's going to be people just throw, lining up to throw money at him next season, even though it's not a, uh, you know, there's not tons of uh, free agents out there. So, I, I'm not sure, but I just think that if you're the Knicks, 
you know, resist giving up too much because I think he can be had for less, mm-hmm. um, even if it is one of your younger players there, like perhaps a Knox or a Neil Akina. I think probably Neil Akina out of those two. Kevin Knox, I liked him at the start, but he doesn't seem to have found a spot there with Thibs. So um, I think there's something to be done for the Knicks, but don't give up that first rounder if, you, if, if I was you. Yeah, we saw Dale here in the stream team because I was saying, could this be a Drummond-like trade? That's right, Dale. Oladipo for a bag of beans. <laughs> it could be in play. It, it, it really could, could uh, as uh, the guys have taken us through here. Okay, so that's Oladipo. We'll keep our eye on that. Our next rumor here, um, the Nuggets, I guess, are interested in Evan Fournier. <laughs> now, Sports Illustrated's Chris Mannix, he says that the Magic are committed to moving both Aaron Gordon... Uh, and Evan Fournier before the deadline. Now, Orlando, Houston, and OKC, they're seen as the top sellers here, so that makes sense. Orlando is in that mix. Houston with Oladipo, OKC probably with Al Horford and George Hill as sellers. I saw that uh, Josh Robbins with The Athletic had a great breakdown from the magic side of things with potential trades that uh, we could maybe see here in the next 24 hours, Uh, some of them involving the Denver Nuggets. I talked about Aaron Gordon, I thought, being a perfect sort of fit there in Denver to replace Jeremy Grant, replace Torrey Craig, you know, got defensive wing guy there. Fournier, though, I think they could see him as like an upgrade over Gary Harris. He's... A 20-point-per-game score, Evan Fournier is. You know, he's 28 years old, uh, though he's he's bolded like he's 45. But he's good. Decent percentages, 46% from the floor, 38.5% from deep. He would help. It's just, is this a big deal where it's AG and Fournier going to Denver? Or is it maybe just one or the other? And which one would they want more? I'll throw out a couple trade options. I'd love to hear your take, guys. From, again, Josh Robbins of The Athletic. Go to theathletic.com slash no dunks. Get in right now for a dollar a month. This one. This would just be for Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon going to Denver and Cam Birch for Gary Harris, RJ Hampton, and Denver's 2021 first-round pick. Simple as that. Is that enough? You know, you're, you're sort of, uh, you're moving your head back and forth a little bit. You got your nose turned up a little bit, Trey. You don't hate it. You don't love it. What's your take? Yeah, I don't hate it. I don't love it, which means it's probably a good trade. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like a little steep to be giving RJ Hampton up and a first round pick to me for a guy who will have an expiring contract come the offseason in Evan Fournier. But I am with you, Skeets, that the Nuggets could certainly use Fournier just as a, an upgrade over maybe Gary Harris. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he's equivalent to Will Barton. I don't know what it right, is. Not right. every trade is really a banger. You can't address every single need with every single trade, but Fournier is a solid guy. They're bringing, you know, uh, Compazzo, PJ Dozier, Zeke Naji off the bench. They've all had moments, but certainly teams like a little bit more reliability, a little bit more veteranship come yeah. playoff time. So I can see uh, the Nuggets going for that sort of move, getting Evan Fournier back into his old number 94. <laughs> Hope you didn't burn your Fournier jerseys, Nuggets fans. But yeah, yeah. I mean, if uh, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm kind of an RJ Hampton believer. I would like to take a shot on him becoming something of a player. But I don't know. That's maybe how you entice the Magic. Yeah, I think so. I don't know which they would be more interested in, a player or a pick. Obviously, they would want both of them. But if I'm choosing, I would rather give up the pick than give up R.J. Hampton, just because you know the Nuggets pick's going to be pretty high in the draft. It feels like if there's a Nuggets Magic trade, Lee, again, for Aaron Gordon or for Evan Fournier or somehow for both, it's going to include from Denver, like sending to Orlando, probably Gary Harris or Will Barton, right? You know, one of the two. And then probably an R.J. Hampton or a Bull Bull, or again, maybe, you know, both if we're talking a mega deal here. And then maybe a pick or two, like that 2021 first-round pick. Uh, and then I don't think they have one until, like, this future, future first-round pick until, like, 2027. But then there's second-round picks you could throw in there. Um, there, there there's... I think that's what's going to be the framework of, a, again, a potential AG or Fournier going to Denver. But what, what do you think of this sort of uh, these two teams maybe doing a little dance here over the next 24 hours? Yeah, anything Denver can get in return for Gary Harris, they'll take because uh, he's no longer a part of their future. So if you right. can get Aaron Gordon, and again, it all comes back to what type of Aaron Gordon are you getting? Are you getting a player who's committed and he's going to really put in on both ends? Because if you are, then that's a, that's a win, I think, for the Denver Nuggets. But if you kind of get the guy who's frustrating and inconsistent – then you're, you're probably no better off with him than you are with Gary Harris right now. Uh, so It's going to be better when Aaron Gordon, maybe if he is inconsistent, is your fourth best player on any given night. Maybe even yeah, your fifth best times. That's fine. You'll live yeah. with that, I think. Oh, I, I know, but it, it's just he, he's such a frustrating 
player. But again, he might be the sort of guy who gets to a new team and he's like, finally, I'm, I'm free. I think so. And I'm going to run. I'm going to hustle. I'm going to block shots. I'm going to shoot those threes that I, that I can shoot. I'm going to catch uh, lobs. And he's going to do all that stuff. Um, if he is, then this is a great move for here for the Nuggets because, as I say, uh, Harris is kind of out of their out of their future. So plans. you would have no problem if you're Denver again. Some framework of let's the contract of Gary Harris or Will Barton, let's say, and then I, it's probably going to take an RJ Hampton or a Bull Bull. I think yeah, you've got yeah, to entice the Magic yeah. somehow, and then maybe it's that first round pick, probably 2021, which is obviously going to be later in the in the first round if you're Denver. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to get Fournier as well as another reliable backup scorer, then I think if you're the Nuggets, it's worth it. Uh, I, again, I agree with what Trey's saying about Hampton and a first round pick. I think it's um, a little bit of a steep price considering you don't know how long those guys are going to stick around, but you're also kind of. You, you need to make a move, I think, for Denver just to get a little bit more uh, offensive firepower. And I think you get that, certainly with uh, Fournier, because he, he's one of those guys who can come off the bench and he's a bit like, a, you know, Jordan Crawford, Lou Williams, whatever. You can go out and get you some points. So mm-hmm. that's what they need. Um, and, and Bol Bol, yeah, it's, it's been disappointing. He hasn't really played at all this season. I was hoping after what we saw down in Orlando, he'd get a few more meaningful minutes, but he's not really doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still think there's some potential there, but if you're the Nuggets... If you can upgrade over him right now, I think it's worth it. So I, I can see uh, Denver kind of pushing this trade um, a little more because there's some pieces there that they could help, that could really help them this season, and they get a good look at Aaron Gordon, you know, going forward because he's still a young player. He he, he teases yeah, you and he's that. under contract even. Yeah. For another year. yeah, he teases you with that athleticism yeah. and those skills. So he's 25 you, years old. I know. If you can unlock <laughs> that, then you're getting an absolute steal. But uh, if you get the same sort of Aaron Gordon that we've seen in the last couple of years in Orlando. It probably doesn't move the needle all that much. Okay, we'll see here. Yeah, Magic are making moves. We're happy to see it. It's going to happen. Is Are they going to Denver? Are they going somewhere else? Uh, you know, the Blazers? Are they going to the Celtics? One of these guys? They're not going to have the same <laughs> roster come Friday. I'm very excited about that. If they End oh. of an era, man. Oh, an end so of an great. era for the Magic. Ugh. I mean, I guess they'll probably still have Vooch. Yes. Crazy that this well, guy maybe. is going to be the all-time yeah. leading scorer for the Orlando Magic. That is one. wild. It'll yeah, probably happen. If he sticks around, it'll happen at the end of next season. But uh, I don't know. I mean, You're right. Aaron Gordon's only 25. You have to imagine that things get better if he goes to another team and has a change of scenery. But I don't know. I'm not convinced, man. I think he helps teams. He's a versatile defender. He can pass the ball. But we're all asking him to be something he has had no interest in being so far. He's wanted to be the number one guy on a team that barely makes the playoffs. And that has been the story of Aaron Gordon's career. If he's ready to commit himself to being the role guy, let's see it. I would love to see it because he would be amazing next to Jokic. How many dunks could he get? Playing next to Jokic, cutting back door. I know. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I think he slots in there perfectly. I'm not concerned about, like, him and Porter, like, sort of, like, you know, being too similar or stuff like that. Not at all. I, I, I really think he works well there. Um, and I hadn't even thought about Fournier also going there, but you guys are sort of talking me into it. Uh, that they could use him, of course, like, especially maybe in a bench role or maybe even starting if, like, a, a Will Barton is moving back to Orlando. So I love the idea of Denver, like, Without like mortgaging their future here, like we're talking a pick and a young guy, yeah. like and they have and they've hit on a lot of picks. They've drafted really well. You know, I'm with you, Trey. I sort of have high hopes for RJ Hampton. Like Bull Bull is obviously a crazy enigma. I mean, we've seen flashes. Like he could be something pretty special, but there's a bit of an opening in the Western Conference. Like with the injuries to some of the Lakers star players, you know, the Clippers, like not instilling a ton of confidence in some teams. You know, there's the Jazz there and the Suns, but they got to sort of prove it. Nuggets like could see a path. I don't think it's crazy to see a path with the way Jokic is playing. And if you get bubble type Murray games, that they could go to the conference finals again or even to the finals and maybe win the whole damn thing. So yeah, maybe they get aggressive here and make a move, or maybe they're happy with this squad and they just uh, continue to see like Porter flourish as this third star with those two guys that I mentioned. I do have uh, a question here for you guys. I saw ESPN's Mike Schmitz. He had a good article yesterday, uh, sort of running through six prospects all under the age of 23 who teams would be wise maybe to try and target at the deadline here. So all of them are recent first-round picks still on their rookie contracts. He had like Wendell Carter Jr. and Anthony Simons and Sekou Dumbaye and Romeo Langford and a couple other guys. Thought I could throw it at you guys. Which young player could use maybe a change of scenery? Um, Lee, why don't we start with you? Where where do you want to go? 
Well, uh, I'm not going to choose one of those guys if that's okay. okay. No, the guy, The guy I'm going with is actually Larry Markkinen. Um, uh, his biggest problem is he can't stay on the floor. But mm-hmm. when he's on the floor, you know, he can shoot the ball well. He needs to improve other parts of his game. But I just wonder if uh, there seems to be enough interest in him because mm-hmm. he's a seven-footer who can hit that three. Um, and he can run the floor. So I just wonder if going to a new team in a new situation, someone could get more out of him um, because uh, he's the sort of guy I thought under uh, Jim Boylan, I thought he's not using him right. Maybe under a new coach in Billy Donovan, he'll get more out of him. But again, the problem sort of is, is, is a double-edged sword. It's like you've got and when he can play, he's good, but he can't stay on the floor enough. So that's, I think that's the problem. He needs to get healthy. Um, but I think there would be enough teams interested in him because he's uh, he's shown enough talent. It's just maybe he just needs to be a, a, in a different system. And uh, and I think that the Bulls are probably looking to sell at the moment as well. Uh, there's talk about Zach Levine. I don't think they're going to trade no, him. I think they're going to keep no him. Oh, but insane. I think they're a playoff I, team, man. Yeah, not, he's not going. <laughs> they're buyers. They're buyers. They got to be sellers because they want to bring somebody in. But they're buyers here. Yeah, but I think Markkinen can be had pretty cheaply. Yes, absolutely. Well. Trey was talking yeah. about uh, yesterday. Um, yeah, I agree with you that Lowry Markkinen, there's interest. You can see why. And I think the Bulls, if they got something back that uh, intrigued them, they probably would move on uh, from yeah. Lowry Markkinen. And they I would ha- like to just see how he would go in a, in a different situation. Yeah, where sure. it's, you know, It's like you just sit on the perimeter and shoot those threes and, and just with a different coach, new city, new team, maybe things would be uh, better for him because... He's another guy who teases you, but then it's like, ah, oh, he's out for five games. And you're like, mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. there's a lot of that. There's a lot of yeah. that. Um, some of those other names, Trey, that I threw at you, or somebody else that you have, uh, a young prospect that you could think, uh, you know, getting traded at the deadline would help his career? Well, Skates, let me just tell you how much it hurts my heart to hear Wendell Carter Jr. listed amongst Sekou Dumbuya and <laughs> Romeo Lankford, guys that are barely in the rotations mm. for their teams. And this was a guy starting for the Bulls not too long ago, not to mention Lee wants to trade Lowry Markin, and I'm 100% in agreement with him. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's see if we can get this trade done with the Pacers. That's my new trade for the Otto Porter. <laughs> DeMontis Sabonis and Malcolm Brogdon <laughs> for Porter. Markin, and we'll even throw in Ryan Archie Diakon. Seems like he would be a perfect fit for Indiana, if you know what I'm saying. As for me, the player I think could use a change of scenery, the most correct answer, you don't want to hear it, Skeets, it's De'Aaron Fox. But that's not a conversation to have right now. If he finishes his contract with Sacramento that hasn't even started yet, I will be shocked. Mm. That being said, the Kings sound like they're going to be active. Harrison Barnes... Seems like he could be traded. Rashawn Holmes falling off the map a little bit here, but I would take a spin on the Bagman. Oh! That's right. Marvin Bag of Beans Bagley. I'm still a fan of this guy. It could be because he wore an eye patch on the starters, but I really do think sure. he's talented. He's only 22. He's one of the fastest big guys in the league. He has shown flashes. The problem is that he's always, as long as he's with the Kings, he's always going to be compared to Luka Doncic and Trey Young his comps from the draft, but he's still been a solid guy. He's at 14 points, seven rebounds a game, 50% shooting, 35 from three. I think he can get better. Just needs to get a little bit stronger. He needs to kind of find the balance of his game, playing as a role guy versus a pop guy. But we know that at the very least, uh, Dad Bags wants him out of Sacramento. We haven't heard much about that lately, but there were some rumblings early in the season. That's a buy low guy I would be interested in. Marvin Bagley. It's a good one. This is a decent one, too, from Jay in the stream team. I'd like to see Cam Reddish on OKC, somewhere where he could run wild and figure out his game a little bit more. Cam Reddish's name has been popping up in some of these trade rumors. The Hawks are uh, interested in a few players, apparently. I guess Marcus Smart was maybe on their list, and uh, Malcolm Brogdon there maybe uh, trying to call the Pacers about. So maybe uh, a Cam Reddish uh, getting an opportunity somewhere else. But uh, we'll see. Great stuff. Get your answers in. Tweet them at us. At No Dunks Inc. Which young player could use a change of scenery? Who will be traded over the next 24 hours or so? Okay, let's leave it at that. I mean, look. There's been no real news, <laughs> updated news on the Kyle Lowry situation. It's still, it sounds like it's going to come down to the last minute here. Is it? Is it just the, is it just the raps like, trying to run up the trade offers, Lee, between two or three teams? Like, if it's Miami, it's Philadelphia. Is there a third team we don't even know about in the mix? Um, you know, it's, it, it feels like it's going to come down to tomorrow, like to the final minute, I think, uh, of this yeah. guy, Kyle Lowry, yeah. being traded. Yeah. I mean, this nine-game losing streak sort of has, uh, I think, changed things as well. Because if the Raptors were in a strong position, say, fourth or fifth in the East, then I don't think he gets traded at all. But mm. now it's like, well, the season's pretty much shot, so... Let's cash in while we can. But uh, Zilla this morning as well, 
kind of saying, you know, is uh, can Pascal be had? Yeah, can he be had? I, I mean, I saw and that. he makes a good he makes a good point there that you know Fred Van Vliet is more likely sort of taking over the throne from Kyle Lowry as far as the sort of way that he plays, the style that he plays, the leader and all that. And Pascal, who you know he earned that big contract from his great play, and he of course won the championship there, but he has sort of struggled a bit since then. And, um, and he's a frustrated man right now. He is. Man, he is. I don't know it. if he got fined 50000 or not well, at the yeah, end. Well, yeah, I guess they talked. They, they said that wasn't true, right? Yeah, so yeah. I'm not sure what happened. But that's the second time he's kind of got into it a little bit with Nick Nurse's scene. So I think there's some frustrations there. So, uh, yeah, I, 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 for the longest time, have thought there's no way they're going to trade Kyle. I think the Raptors are going to make one last push. But now where they are, I think uh, Masai will move on from him. And, uh, yeah, it might not come down until 2.56 tomorrow afternoon, mm. Eastern. But I think Kyle will be uh, a Miami Heat player. That's my So tip. Trey mm. made a good point before we went live here today. Saw me wearing the uh, Lowry Raptors jersey. I'm wearing it because I was like, you know, this could be his last game as a Toronto Raptor until he eventually comes back at the end of his career. Though would he ever play? He'd probably just sign the old 10-day yeah. contract there to yeah. retire. But Trey said, well, if he's being traded, he's not going to play tonight. I was like, whoa, I hadn't even thought about that. And I hadn't seen any reports about that, Lee. Like, there's been no word. Like, when was his birthday? Was it, is it today or yesterday? I can never remember. <laughs> anyway. No, I'm not sure. But I hadn't thought about that. Like, yeah, if he's actually going to be moved, it'd be pretty silly if he plays tonight uh, from, a, you know, from the organization standpoint. Uh, you don't want the guy to get injured or something, something crazy to happen. But I haven't yeah. seen any reports that he's not playing and against Denver. So There's no leaks that come out of Toronto. Yeah, so, yeah. you know... Um, well, if anything, I, I think somebody's trolling uh, Shams with this, like, uh, you know, Siakam just got fined 50000 by the yeah. team. It's like, yeah. oh, no. And then I was like, no, he didn't. Like, what's going yeah. on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, does Lowry play tonight? Uh, is it his last game? Is he still there on Friday? We'll find out soon enough. Okay, let's get to some of the games from last night. At least uh, one or two of them, at least. The best one was the nightcap, and it was... James Harden having 25 points and 17 assists as the Nets beat the Blazers. 116-112. A lot of lead changes. A lot of ties. Good game. Uh, again, a lot of the other ones were blowouts. But Trey, big takeaway from this one. Just another banger for James Harden. Slicing and dicing the Blazers. Uh, not a great shooting night. Got a lot of free throws. Yeah. But the Blazers honestly just could not stay in front of him. Harden tied a career high with 17 assists. And the Nets got another win without Kevin Durant. This one obviously without... Kyrie Irving as well. And I got to tell you, coming around on the James Harden MVP case a little bit here. They have, you can make an argument, they've been the best team in the league since they acquired James Harden. Most of that obviously has been without Kevin Durant, some of it without Kyrie Irving. But the way he left Houston was a disgrace. There's no doubt about it. But can you blame him? Daryl Morey, Mike D'Antoni, Russell Westbrook, they all asked out. They just did it first. They had their wishes granted. Harden allegedly asked out in the offseason as well. But Houston is the team that said, we want to get uncomfortable. We're fine with that. So Harden <laughs> said, you're not going to grant my wish. I will grant your wish. Houston asked for it. Houston got what they asked for. They finally traded him. They lost 20 straight immediately. If they had figured out the Harden trade before they figured out the Westbrook trade, James Harden is probably the MVP leader right now. And I think you can just point at the development of Nick Claxton to say so, because people are like, wow, Nick Claxton is good. They've already got their Jarrett Allen replacement. He looks like a young DeAndre Jordan catching the lobs, defending the rim. But it's actually James Harden who's really good here. Bingo. Eight, oh, my goodness. Eight makes for Claxton last night. Looked awesome. Four of them were alley-oops from James Harden. He's doing what he did for Clint Capella when he was a Rocket. This is uh, not dissimilar to Steve Nash getting contracts for so many different yep. guys. Harden, man, that if we could erase that one month with the Rockets, if they would have figured out a way to trade him in November, there's no doubt in my mind that Harden would be leading the MVP race right now because the guy is unstoppable. Unstoppable. No one can stay in front of him. I mean, the Blazers aren't a defensive no. team. That's why I was excited to tune in for this game. I was like, ain't no defense being played between these two teams. It's going to be a banger, and it played out as it did. But, yeah, I mean, a trade in the offseason, you're good. But a trade during the season, that's tough. Right, right. I mean, I will say for Claxton, and this isn't Harden's doing, 
the guy plays hard on defense. Like he's for a big, right? He's like sure. pretty switchable. So that is good. That's a nice wrinkle that they could have, of course, in a in a playoff series, Lee, where they'd feel maybe a little comfortable with him sort of at the five and again getting switched on to guards and he's athletic, but otherwise offensively, hundred percent agree with you, Trey. It this is the the Harden factor. It's Nash like. Um and Harden wasn't gonna play in this game. I mean, mm. apparently he had a sore neck, uh, but he like gave it a go. And I saw this stack going around. No guy has played more games than anyone in the NBA since Harden entered the league than James with 871. Bit of an Iron Man there. And you sort of don't really think of it because, I don't know, I guess you're like, nah, he's always up in the club. And, uh, you know, you're just seeing him on social media having fun. But he rarely misses games. He's he's sort of like Iverson that way, or I guess MJ to some extent, Lee, where he's like, Mm -hmm. go out and party all night. Um, but he's always there, and he's uh, generally on the floor. But what did you take away from this one? Well, and that, but that's why as well he was allowed to do what he wanted in Houston because right, he would right, party, right. but then he'd go out and put up a 50-point triple-double, yeah. and it's hard to sort of say to a guy, okay, you can't party if you are going out there performing. So uh, credit to him. And I think, oddly, the longer Kevin Durant's out, it does strengthen his case uh, more because I think once Kevin Durant comes back, it just kind of takes a little bit of the sort of shine off what Harden is doing because right now, as you say, no Kyrie Irving last night. So it was like he was there with a sort of almost second unit group, but he orchestrated that win pretty well. And Nick Claxton, talking about him, just be smart. Run the floor, man. You'll get the ball. Just run the floor. That's all you have to do. Uh, And he's doing that really well. And this was a great game. It was a good back and forth uh, controversy sort of at the end there because a call was made that was overturned but the Blazers didn't get the ball, but they did from the Ooh. jump ball. And Lillard, I thought he was going to pull up from just inside half court there to tie the game, but he kind of just stumbled a little bit, lost mm-hmm. the ball, and they went out to Covington, who uh, got fouled and then uh, missed one of the free throws. So the Blazers had a chance to maybe extend this game and, and missed it uh, at the end. But no, James Harden was uh, incredible again last night, and he has, he has been incredible. And Mike Breen talked about it on a game recently, I think it was against the Knicks, saying... He just thinks that James Harden is more fun to play with right now. I don't know if that's right or not, but I think James Harden looks like he's having more fun to me than he did in those uh, that sort of last season or two there in Houston. I, I just think he is. He looks a little bit more at ease. He's in control. Yeah, the shot wasn't uh, great last night, but uh, you know he, he was he was in control. He was the best player on the court last night going up against another MVP candidate in Damian Lillard. So um, yeah, this is, uh, this is things are going very, very well there for the Brooklyn Nets. Everything is going well. And as I mentioned, Kevin Durant is still to come back to that team. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're in a very, very nice spot right now. Uh, what do you guys make of these, uh, you know, to bring it back to the birthdays, just to correct myself, Kyle Lowry's birthday tomorrow mm. on the trade deadline day. Wow. Um, but people saying that Kyrie Irving is away from the team right now. Uh, now, they're saying for family matters, and it, and it might be the case, but a lot of people are like, well, it's his birthday. <laughs> and then he's, uh, he just celebrated a birthday he while a little birthday time off. And who knows if that's the case? Um, so I, we would just be guessing. Weird. It's a pretty interesting timing, I will say. Uh, I do. I saw someone saying, I love that Kyrie Irving treats playing in the NBA like anybody else treats a normal job. And yeah, it's totally. so true, uh, which makes it weird, um, but very, very funny in a strange way. And I guess it doesn't. Like, this is the thing. You're not even upset because the team just keeps rolling. Like, they got Harden. They got everybody contributing. Blake Griffin has turned into, like, the greatest role player we've ever seen now. The guy's hitting the floor for loose balls, took a charge, had a big basket, like, during the run at the start of the fourth quarter. It's sort of like bully ball Blake just got yeah. inside. Um, so, yeah, I guess you can't make a big deal out of this Kyrie thing, whether it's even true or not, Trey, uh, if that's why. And, and I hope it's, like, not something really seriously with his family going on. Hey, man, some people really like to uh, celebrate birthdays. Uh, my buddy Pat Murphy, every year comes around his birthday. This is a, a nearly 40-year-old man. Every year, Murphapalooza. Yeah. Murphapalooza, 38 <laughs> on deck this year. Uh, Me, I usually have the trade deadline on my birthday. It's usually like around February, uh, the, towards the end of February. Different this year, obviously, but who knows what's going on. All it does is help uh, James Harden MVP case because yeah. he is playing with a team that you would maybe, they're not quite on par with the Rockets teams that he played with uh, there when they were having their success and he was really knocking on the door of MVP sort of things. That that team was much better, I think, than the Nets are without Durant and without Kyrie Irving. So yeah, the longer those two are missing time, the more chance we get that James Harden makes another run at finishing second in MVP voting here. Lee, you mentioned some controversy. 
in this game. There was a lot of controversy, I thought. I think we were robbed of a beef last night. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Cantor, 19, he got in the box score. Ennis Cantor, 19 points, 19 rebounds. And I was watching this game. I was, I was on beef watch. Eyes on the game. <laughs> eyes on the box score. I think this was the Blazers' last offensive possession. Somebody misses a shot. Cantor tips the ball in the air twice. But then the Nets actually grab the rebound and go back down to the other end. So I'm watching. I'm peeping the box score. Mm. A 20 popped up. Oh. And I headed to the butcher shop. Oh, boy. <laughs> Skates, I was ready. I was ready for that late night beef. I had it all <laughs> chopped up, baby. I was ready to go. So I was like, all right, let me go. Let me go grab these clips here. Went over back to the video box scores at NBA.com. And suddenly this man has only 19 rebounds. Hmm. Dubious, dubious. I don't know where that last rebound went. I thought they had it. I thought he had it. They took it away. It's probably the right call since the Nets actually did come down with the ball. Still disappointing, though. Mm. But that's, I mean, you see guys tap it out to their teammate, and the guy who taps it gets the rebound. Mm hmm. You know, so I know. it feels the like they go back the and team. forth on that, though. Yeah. There's no yeah. real steadfast rule, it feels yeah. like to me. Especially in watching all these clips that Trey's been showing yeah. us over the last year. I'm like, Wait, that's a rebound? And yeah. then sometimes you see it and it doesn't show up in a box score, like another controlled tip or something like that, or yeah. what appears to be a controlled tip. Very strange. So dubious, strange. yes. That should have been... Would that have been Cantor's third big beef of the season? Does he already have two? I think he does. He has at least two. He, that might have been his fourth. Oh, uh, wow. wow. Yeah, right heard as well. We would have had... I know. Oh, yeah. I was, I was ready. I was ready. That's a, it looks like it's going to come down to um, Cantor and Rudy Gobert for the beef king. This mm. year, Andre Drummond was the lead early, but that guy hasn't played in like a month. He'd be racking him up if he could, but uh, I don't know. Cantor, looking good, dude. He's uh, He's been all right for the Trailblazers. There were some questions what they were going to do with Nurk, and he's kind of stemmed the tide, literally just rebounding. That's like the best thing that Ennis Cantor gives you is he crushes it on the offensive glass. Mm-hmm. That really helps mm-hmm. the Blazers. I, I agree with all of that. He has been really good. Obviously, a lot of rebounds, a lot of beef. I'm always worried when I see, like, Cantor is having to play, like, 40 minutes, though, for yes. my team in a game. Yes. I don't like my team's chances of winning the game. Uh, too, too many. But they had a couple late guys out, right? Uh, the Blazers did. Um, I think because of uh, health and safety protocols. Um, Simon's off the top of my head. Was yeah. Gary, uh, Gary, who's the other one? Gary Trent Jr.? Did he play in last night's he game? He played. Uh, who the heck am I thinking of then? There was another player on the Blazers. Anyway, um, that, at first I was like, whoa, trade... Uh, Trade reasons here, you know, being held out of the lineup, but uh, no, apparently not. Uh, okay, dubious, dubious, dubious. Uh, maybe had a big beef snatch away. You said uh, at the end of the year we'll have a beef king. Do you think we should, like, make a crown made out of beef and send it to <laughs> yeah. somebody? Yeah. Oh, like so. Lady Gaga's meat dress that Yeah, time. exactly. Yeah. 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 Okay, we'll look into that. Yeah, let us know if you know how to make a... <laughs> You know, apparel out of beef. <laughs> we got a plan. <laughs> All right. Uh, next game here. Suns stay hot. Heat struggle again. As Phoenix rolls, man, 110-100, Lily. Uh, you know, there was always a lot of talk about the Utah Jazz rolling. I feel like there's less talk about the Phoenix Suns rolling. I keep saying that, but damn, they're good. Good victory, though. But this tweet from Royce Young, I wanted to throw at you, Lily, where we're talking about Harden's possibility of winning MVP. I think we may all agree that Jokic is the front runner right now with Denver maybe putting together some wins here. Unbelievable numbers from him and the seasons he's had. But Royce Young says, since everyone is throwing out MVP candidates with the race being so suddenly wide open, I would like to add Chris Paul to the conversation. His stats don't tell the story of his value. The Suns record does though. Lee, what do you say to Royce Young? Talk to him. I would say Royce Young is right in his assumption that he should be in there. He won't win it. Chris Paul will not win the MVP. But if you look at what the uh, the improvement the Suns have made to this point, and if they continue out for the rest of the season, then he should be in the conversation because I think he's been incredible for them. And it isn't because of the numbers. It's because of that, that leadership that he brings, that ability to uh, be steady and do little things that don't always show up in the box. Or I think last night, nine points and eight assists is all he had. Took seven shots. But I thought he was incredibly dominant in that game as well. Mm-hmm. He just is such a, a consistent, reliable player who impacts winning uh, without necessarily having to go out and play, you know, like what James Harden did last night. He doesn't have to put up those sort of numbers uh, because Chris Paul's never really been a guy who's scored a ton. Mm-hmm. He's been more a guy who uh, sets up his opponent, uh, his sets up his opponent, sets up his teammates, gets other guys involved. I mean, you go back to someone like David West, for example. 
David West was a two-time All-Star, I think, largely because he played with Chris Paul, and Chris Paul really was able to bring out so much in him. Um, and if the Suns were to finish with the first or second best record in the West or in the NBA, then Chris Paul, I mean, that that narrative, that storyline is like, oh, he, man, he's going to deserve uh, so much consideration. But people are going to probably look at his numbers and the box score and just say, well, man, this guy could average like 15 and eight for the season. You know, he just, he, he sort of doesn't deserve MVP from that standpoint because you're going to have Giannis probably putting up, you know, almost a triple double, you know, perhaps Jokic too. And Bede's been incredible uh, for when he comes back. So, he won't win it, Chris Paul, but if you if you really love the game and watch the game closely, you think he's certainly someone who should get uh, serious consideration. He probably won't finish in the top... Oh, well, he won't finish in the top five, probably won't even finish in the top ten, but... He might uh, finish top ten. I think he could. Yeah, I mean, he could. He could. I I, I mean, who knows? I, I, how big but is he's this not table winning, get? and he's not no, the he's, MVP of the Suns, probably, either. Well, I, I mean, I think you could say he... I, I think he is. Again, Booker... Going to have better numbers. DeAndre Ayton, one of his better games last night. Mm-hmm. Defensively, I thought he was actually fantastic. But uh, and in terms of who's the best player on that team, who's the most impactful player, it's still Chris Paul for now, which is not great for the Suns. We want to see De- We want it to be clearly Devin Booker. I don't think it's clear right now because Chris Paul is just a, he's just a master out there. So we'll see. Great oh, tweet. Yeah. I think it's worth great tweet. Great oh, tweet. Wow. Great tweet, Royce Young. Yeah, that's uh, not tweet of the night yet, but uh, actually, Royce Young had an even funnier Instagram photo the other day. Did you see his kid at uh, school taking his uh, his school pictures <laughs> yes, or whatever? I did. His young little boy. Oh my god, it's such a meme. It's unbelievable. Yeah, uh, this little yeah. guy holding the apple, like looking yeah. so unamused. Uh, anyway, yeah. uh, Eddie, you want to speak on this? Uh, TK, uh, Royce's tweet, Chris Paul, the Suns, wherever you want to go. If Royce Young said that. On this podcast, we would hit him with a homer. (laughs) Look, I know Chris Paul is no longer on the Oklahoma City Thunder, but that is why Royce Young has him in the MVP conversation. Royce Young voted for Westbrook in the MVP in 2016 when he had the numbers and not the record. So no for me, dog. Not every player has to be considered for MVP because we have real MVP candidates out there. If you're making a case for a guy who doesn't have numbers but does have impact, clearly the case is for Rudy Gobert. He would be the one that you would say Mm. could be in the MVP conversation despite not having numbers. He's the backbone of the Jazz's defense. His role game is really beneficial to Donovan Mitchell and the Jazz's offense as well. If you want to make a case for saying that the record is important, then it's got to be Giannis, I think, because he does have the MVP numbers. To me, Chris Paul has been incredible. The Suns have been great. And if they finish first or second in the Western Conference, I think you're right, Skeets. He's at least a top 10 MVP candidate. That being said, he's not really an MVP candidate. Yes. Okay. Good win from the Suns, but uh, he's not sitting at the table, Royce. No, no, no. Other We're games. closing reservations. Yeah. It's a hot table. Everybody's trying to make reservations right now. Well, this, I don't think so. This guy's sitting at the head of the table. All right. Jokic. His 12th triple-double leads the Nuggets past the Magic, <laughs> 110-99. Then we had Julius Randle scoring 37 and three-quarters as the Knicks crushed the Wizards, 131-113. Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, they paced the Pelicans to a blowout win over the Lakers. And then Tobias Harris, Toby, coming up big as the Lakers held off the Warriors. Uh, those are the four other games, Trey. Uh, any one of those in particular jump out at you? Yeah, let's talk about the big boy, Nikola Jokic, seizing the opportunity to make his MVP case. We know LeBron's out. We know Joel Embiid is out. And now is the time for Jokic to really make his case. Last night, more of the same. 28, 15, and 10. An easy triple-double. He's averaging 28 points, 12 rebounds, 9 assists since the All-Star break. He scored at least 26 in every single one of those games, except for a 12-point triple-double in a blowout over the Hornets. Most importantly, the Nuggets have won five of seven. That is the only thing that has been limiting Nikola Jokic's MVP case is that the Nuggets haven't climbed very high in the standings in the Western Conference. That is changing right now. The guy has been incredible since the start of the season, and he just gets better and better and better. So yeah, for me, Jokic is the front runner right now, and I'm excited to enjoy his front runner status for what? three or four weeks, because that's when we seem to move on to the next guy. Maybe it'll be Giannis. I don't know. Uh, yep. we got a great race going on right now, and that's why the table's getting so big. What do you think, Lee? People are saying the table consists of, I like this tweet from uh, Jay again, making this show. I'll throw it up here. The table consists of Embiid, Jokic, LeBron, Dame, Harden, and Giannis. Those are the six people at our table 
for the MVP. Agree or disagree? Yes, I think so. Okay. Uh, we've had Jimmy Butler sort of turn up to the rest. No, of he's Kevin at Durant. the bar. We made that very <laughs> no, clear. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Kevin Durant before he got injured, he Kevin was. Kevin Durant. Stop, can we stop saying Kevin Durant for MVP? I'm, I'm just saying. I'm saying he who was, was there. Okay. He hasn't played um, in months. He was there. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, he had an early dinner. He was there yeah. at yeah, six. Yeah. He was like Grandpa eating cool, at five o'clock. Yeah. Exactly. If if Luca can keep the Mavs hot, he's he's there. Okay, that's an interesting one. But but this is great. This is great because each player right now who I'm looking at, who you just had in that tweet there, has a strong case. And they all need a few little things to go their way. And I think when it does come to MVP, I think winning does have a big uh, impact on it. So if one of those teams falls off a little bit, and Philadelphia have done very well since Embiid's done, uh, gone out, which is great. Um, because if, if the Nets do you know, open up a two or three game lead over the Sixers, uh, then I think that does just give James Harden uh, his case, uh, make it, makes that a little bit stronger. So it's a great race. This, we haven't had this really for years, have we? Like uh, this many people with, with legit candidacy because Giannis pretty much last two seasons has been in control. Uh, LeBron was, it was making the push last year. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, um, you know, canceled, when Westbrook yeah. had that 30-point triple-double, it was kind of like we, you can't not give it to a guy who'd done that. You know, Harden did win his, and of course Steph Curry before that had a couple of great seasons. So we haven't had it like this where it's like any one of those four or five guys really could win it. Um, and it's going to come down to a couple of little factors at the end. And, and, you know, someone like the Blazers, they're probably not going to finish in the top four. That might hurt Dame. You know, Jokic, if the Nuggets don't finish in the top three as well, maybe that affects him, you know. And if the Sixers finish number one and Embiid comes back, then I think it's going to be very hard to keep Joel Embiid off that uh, ballot. So there's a a lot of storylines. This is what we want. A little bit of intrigue, a little bit of excitement. We want to get to the end and everyone be like, I've got a different guy. And this is why. And that, that'd be fun. <laughs> I got a guy and this is why. Well, you know, like Giannis, for example, because we all came in and, and I'll say with a bias of like, you're not winning it, Giannis, no matter what you right. do. And he's kind of been in the last, you know, three or four weeks like, you know what? Maybe I will win three in a row. Maybe I will. And uh, he's put together a very, very strong case as the Bucks have looked better as well. So there's some great stuff out there. Great stuff. Yeah, of course. You got the stream teamers uh, saying, where's Kawhi Leonard? Some saying, where's Steph Curry? Somebody was saying, Luca's in the booster seat, which I really like. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I don't think they're in the ultimately at the table, those guys that you're throwing out there. Yeah, does Utah get anybody? Is like Trey made the case for go bear if you're going to go not on numbers, but impact. Uh, that's fair enough. Uh, we will see. I got a hot take. Just hit me. Jokic's MVP, you know, win actually all depends on like Jamal Murray and Michael Porter, right? In a way, like they have to ball out to help him. He's he is a lock every night for basically 30, you know, 12 and 10. I mean, this is what he does in his sleep now. Everything goes through him, but he needs these contributions from his other star players in Jamal Murray and then MPJ a little bit. Like those guys are ultimately going to decide whether their teammate Jokic wins MVP. So step your game up, Jamal. Step your game up, Michael. And I think, uh, you know, they get the victories. I think he does win it, especially with the injuries to Embiid and LeBron and stuff like that. I think, I think it's his uh, for, for the taking, and uh, I believe Vegas agrees with that. I think he's quite the favorite now after these injuries to some of the guys. But and Basketball Reference has his MVP probability tracker, on yeah. their tracker. He's at 46.4%. You know, basically, what, 16 times 4 is 64, so he's like two and a half times higher than Joel Embiid's percentages, who we know is out with injury right now. You're right, Skeets. The numbers, no doubt about it, make a perfect case for Jokic. He may end up leading the league in woe boys. I'm not sure if that's oh, the he case, is right but now. he's getting close. Yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's uh, about the W's at some point. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training, just in time for those warm summer days. Pool season's coming soon, so I've been hitting the weights with Peloton and my guy Adrian Williams, trying to get my muscle on in order to expand my cannonball splash radius. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. It's easy to personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in. And their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes 
while giving you the professional coaching you need. Shout out to Adriana Diti, Andy, and Emma. I love you all so much. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. I gotta get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute, but man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch! We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of NoDunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. All right, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. So uh, this one was going around yesterday a little bit. I'm sure you guys saw it. Uh, Bleacher Report were the ones who tweeted it out. It came in via Instagram, Josh Lopez. And uh, Brian Scalabrini was in a gym. And some high school kid basically said, uh, hey, that's Brian Scalabrini. He was, uh, you know, a deep rotation player in the NBA. He hasn't played for nine seasons. I reckon I could take him. Scal. We've seen him do this before too, take on regular dudes and just sort of show them how big <laughs> the difference is between NBA players and regular Joes. Now, this high schooler, you know, he looks like Scalabrini's 6'9", and, you know, yeah, he was kid two, looks he's got some size. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The scale was like 240 in his playing days. He's probably, you know, a little bit heavier than oh. that right now. Oh, but, I've had um, him like three times. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that fucking's um, hilarious. But Scal, anyway, goes on to beat this kid 11-0 uh, wow. for a pair of shoes. And, you know, <laughs> it, it is funny because... When we, you know, when you watch the NBA and you look at some of those guys who are just journeymen and bench players, you think, you know, how does that guy make it in the NBA? But the truth is, you know, the gap between Brian Scalabrini and Michael Jordan is closer than any of us to Brian Scalabrini. <laughs> right, right. You know, it's, that's a true point. It is. That's a good point. Brian Scalabrini at one point in his life, and, and look, he, you know, we, we sort of make fun of Brian Scalabrini because he's the white member and the red hair and that, but he's stayed in the NBA for 11 seasons. You know, that is that in itself is remarkable to sort of accept just being a, a bench guy uh, and coming out there and playing basically mop-up minutes for your entire career. He had 29 points in one game. That was his career high, I looked oh, at, nice. uh, when he was with the New Jersey Nets there. Oh, yeah. But um, it, it's still great when you just see that, when a guy just says, like, all right, I'm just going to... And he was only going, you can see there, at, like, oh, half speed yes. as well. I mean, if he really wanted to cook this guy, he would have done He also doesn't even play in the it. league anymore. I mean, like... I, I, this is a comment I agree with. I was just about to say this. I'll throw it up here. Mavs man making the point, bruh, Scal looks so athletic in those clips. But when you watched him in the NBA, he <laughs> totally. looks so unathletic. That's exactly what I thought. I'm like, my God. Like you see yeah. the comparison to just like an average fa- uh, average player. He, he does look like an elite athlete because yeah. he is yeah. compared he to is. everybody else. Exactly. But in the NBA, he's sort of like uh, at the bottom tier against yeah. all these other super um, athletic guys. But I, it did get me thinking, who do you think is the um, you know worst NBA player who played more than just like 10 games? Like now, I know it's it's a little bit hard. It's a little bit hard. But I, honestly, okay. I think okay. I bet they were on the 1999 Chicago Bulls. I'll give you that. Maybe it was Cornell David or Dragon Tarlac. Perhaps you your those... countryman Chris Antsy. Yeah, Chris cool. Antsy. I don't know how many games he played in the end, but I mean, Anthony Bennett only played 151 games uh, for his entire career. I mean, he was bad. He was bad. <laughs> yeah, sure. And it was the number one pick. Exactly. 
Like, treated I, me like Anthony Bennett. Yeah, <laughs> treated me yeah. for love. I mean, Kevin Love. <laughs> like, is, is, is Anthony Bennett, though, he must be in the conversation for, you know, worst NBA player to play more than 100 and, you know, 151 games he played for his career. Like, he was awful. <laughs> you know? He might be back in the league at some point for all you know, though. Oh, I, doubt. I mean, people, I know someone I just saw there said Kwame Brown, but Kwame Brown actually, you know, he managed to get Long quite a bit career. out of his career. And he was a decent big man there for a couple of years. A decent compared to, you know, like he wasn't the number one pick sort of value, but he really stretched it out. But well, I mean, what, I remember- about, what about this one? He didn't play 150 games. I just went to check. He played 139 games in the NBA. Uh, we can play a little trivia here. He was a high draft pick of the Toronto Raptors back in 04. Huffa. Huffa. That's right. Oh, I love it. Yeah. He, he was, was bad. Brutal. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, this he, is a fun game. Who was the worst player for your favorite team? Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is good. Leave them in the comments. Oh, that'd be a great uh, off-season YouTube video or podcast where we just go through and try and name the worst player. For every franchise. Yeah. You know, in our lifetime, at least. Yeah, like, with like know. a minimum number of games yeah, played yeah, or yeah. something yeah, yeah. like that. That's great. That'd be a fun one. We'll have to put that. Someone, someone write that down. We'll, we'll do that uh, later in the offseason. If but we ever is, get an offseason. This is really what it comes down to. A great comment by Pocholo here in the stream team. Brian Scalabrini is one of the top 5,000 yeah. basketball players in the history of the world. That's yeah. what it comes down to. If yeah. you played in the NBA, you're one of the 5,000 best to have ever picked up a basketball. I saw a tweet Basically. about alongside this uh, yesterday that said something like, uh, uh, like 500 billion people have existed on the earth since the <laughs> NBA started, and there have been 5,000 basketball players in the history of the NBA. But people are still trying Brian Scalabrini because he's a yeah. little dumpy and he's got red hair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've, to- I've told this story a million times, but I went to basketball camp when I was a kid, like 13, 14 years old, and NBA player Jeff Turner was there. Jeff yeah. Turner, okay? Yeah. Played for the Magic. You probably don't even know who I'm talking about, if you're, especially if you're a younger fan of our show. He was the greatest player I've ever seen with my own eyes. He didn't yeah. miss a shot the entire weekend, I'm convinced. Ah, yeah. Like, he just didn't miss. He shot all week, and I never saw him miss. It was insane. Yeah. Um, You know, I'm sure (laughs) I'm exaggerating a little bit, but it was unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. I saw at the finals, Andrew Bogan and Anson Varajal have a three-point shootout. Yeah. Almost almost the same thing where they just virtually didn't miss from the corner. And it's like... I don't think I ever saw any of those guys take like a mid-range jump shot, you know? It was just because they, they just didn't. But those players... Uh, versus any other guys like us just out playing are a million times better than anything we ever achieved. I, we played, uh, the best player I ever played with was in high school and he dragged us to the state championships. We finished runner up and our offense was basically just like, okay, any four other guys on the court, just throw the ball to Aaron. Aaron Traheri was, he, he actually captained Australia under 23s. He went on, he went on to oh, play wow. like you know, a decent level, yeah, but yeah. still nowhere near like wow. a, a, an NBA player. Um, in fact, he, he hit a game winner against Manu Ginobili's Argentina in Melbourne back oh, in 97. It was incredible. That's pretty cool. Yeah, Manu had 20 points in that game. He was great. Um, but the point being that, like, yeah, this one guy was so good, he dragged our whole team to the straight cha- state championships, and even he didn't go no, on to, like, a... He didn't even sniff the NBA. No, no. Yeah. But, uh, you, know, you know, played for Australia and played in the Australian League and stuff like that. And was a good player at that level. But mm-hmm. still, that's a whole different level to uh, making the NBA and then making a roster and then, you know, playing any sort of role for an NBA team. Okay, okay. That all said, Lee, could you beat Scalabrini? <laughs> come on if you get hot from come three on, mate, let's be honest come here. On. Yeah, well, yeah, well. you're feeling it. You've done your bar three. You know, you got a Scal- couple warm-up shots in. Could you beat him? Scal said one time when he took on some people on social media who just said I could beat him, he said, look, you might be able to score on me. Yeah. And I think that's true. I think if you get lucky and you hit a shot, yes. But there's no way in the world you could beat him in a game because if he decided to play, no one's got any chance against him. Right. You just seem like he can body those guys down. But he can also shoot. Scal wasn't a bad shooter. So, you know, there's yeah. no chance in the world you could beat him. But you could hit a shot if you got lucky. Right. And we've seen you beat, you know, in shooting <laughs> contests... Guys like Kendall Gill, like indoor, yeah. <laughs> on a weird net, you know. But, uh, yeah, you weren't playing one-on-one. Kendall Gill's going to light your ass up even if he's... No, I mean, I, 
I, you know, the biggest shot I hit was over Isaiah, where I hit three in a row over <laughs> yes, him. So I but that's right, really that's right. Playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but but the thing was then, once I did hit those shots, then Isaiah did change a little bit. Oh, and he, yeah, yeah. And, like, and, okay. and you could tell he was like, I'm not losing even this completely meaningless game to, totally. to this guy. So that's the thing. And Isaiah is 57 years old as well at yeah. the time. So, uh, you know, there's, um, yeah, hitting a shot is one thing, but when these guys decide I'm beating you, it's like, you got no chance. Even I have a basket against an NBA player deep in my pocket, a pull-up three on Matt Bonner, because he thought there's no way this guy's going to shoot it from that far. (laughs) No conscience, buddy. This only happens with basketball, though, right? Like, Mm. nobody sees Randy Johnson sitting by a baseball field. It's like, hey, bet you I can get a hit off you, buddy. (laughs) Right? Nobody's stepping in the box to take some swings against the big unit. Oh, yeah. nobody's like, oh, I bet you I can break Brian Erlacher's tackle. You know, this only happens with basketball. It's got the one-on-one nature. Yeah. I guess I guess it does happen a little bit in tennis, right? Where, like, you'll be like, okay, I challenge you, but you, tennis player Andy Murray, you got to play with a frying pan. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. So maybe we should make it a little bit more even for player, or for amateurs challenging professional basketball players. Like, the basketball player, like, Scalabrini should have had to play in socks. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right, like, make it a right. little bit tougher for him. Make it hard for him to move. I mean, it's not like he's blowing by this guy, but if he's slipping around there, he's not able to get yeah. quite as much body on him. Well, I, saw, I did this um, a charity thing for the score once with Paul Brothers, and Curtis Joseph was the uh, goalie, and, and regular dudes had to try to score on him. And it's so funny because, you know, when we play basketball, you think you're moving at a reasonable speed, but when someone's videoing it, it's like right. the slowest thing ever. Yeah. These people skating up to Curtis Joseph, and it was like they were just tapping the puck at him. He just was basically just like, bonk, bonk, like that. You know, because when you watch hockey, it's like, you know, they laser it past the guy like that. They've got to have these incredible reflexes. And Curtis was like 38 or something. I think he was still playing. He wasn't the least at the time, but uh, it was just like, oh, my God. Like, it's it just ins- it's like playing against children, you know? Yeah, he, yeah. he just he just has no – he had so much time to react. So, uh yeah. It but, is a great point that Trey makes though. Why is it basketball that right? us, us fans or whoever like think they could like take these guys? It's something about the irrational confidence of being a basketball <laughs> yeah. player. It's like I can get hot. Yeah. I mean yeah. It, it's very weird when you really step back and think about it. But okay, great tweet of the night there, Lee. Really sparked a conversation. Love it. Shout out to Scalabrini. Okay, picking results from last night. Brought to you by Bet MGM. It was the Lakers Pelicans game. Pelicans favored by six and a half. No AD, no LeBron. That sort of makes sense. And Pelicans took care of business. Got the big victory. Tass had the Lakers, so that's a loss for him. He's eight and six. Trey improves to ten and four. Really, really nice month. Uh, helped out Thanks, there, of course, JD. by JD. Yeah. <laughs> JD's on seven seven game streak, isn't he? I think so, yeah. That's right. If, yeah, you're right, because we all took the wheels the other night, yeah. and he was like, that's dumb. I'll take, you should take the Jazz. <laughs> yeah, he's on a seven game streak. This is wild. Uh, I got a victory. I needed that. I'm six and eight, and Lee is seven and seven. So tonight's game, it is the Nuggets Raptors. Denver is favored by one and a half. They're in a back-to-back situation. The Raptors have lost nine in a row. Uh, is this the final game for Lowry? Is he even playing? Is it the final game for Norman Powell? Who knows? Um, where do you want to go, Lily? You get us started. Nuggets favored by one and a half in Tampa. You know, yeah. home game for the Raps. Like the Raptors with nine losses in a row. At some point, they're going to shake off that uh, and just get back on track. But I think one and a half points, I like that for Denver. So I'll take them to win by two points or more. Okay. Trey, where are you going? Yeah, it seems like a little bit of a small line, but Denver does have to fly from Denver to Florida overnight to play a basketball game. That being said, Nuggets are balling right now. Give me Denver. Uh, I disagree with you, gentlemen. Uh, Here's why. Here's why. Tonight, TSN is going to host the first ever all-female NBA broadcast when the Raps Mm -hmm. take on the Nugs. Yes, uh, Megan McPeak doing the play-by-play action, uh, WNBA guard Kia Nurse doing the analysis, and uh, Kayla Gray courtside reporting. So... For that reason alone, and maybe it is Kyle Lowry's last game with the Raptors if he is playing, uh, I will take Toronto to snap the losing streak uh, with Denver in that back-to-back situation, like uh, TK said. Let's find out who Tass has taken. One and a half points. This line is fishier than a Sunday morning at St. Lawrence Market. Oh, (laughs) St. Lawrence Market isn't open on Sundays, you say. (laughs) That's why I'm taking the Toronto Raptors to lose. Why would I take the Toronto Raptors? No chance. Give me the Nuggets. Oh, wow. Three people taking the Nuggets to win by two or more. Got to 
point that line out. Well, we got to find out who JD thinks is winning. Let's see if he can keep this streak going. JD, tonight's game, who you got? Can't hear you, JD. You're, you're muted because you got construction workers behind right. you. Right. Sorry, you guys. Sorry, sorry. Uh, I'm taking the Nuggets. I think uh, it's it's going to be they're going to be sad in Tampa because of the trades and the you know if it's his last game then it is it is kind of sad and you know and they're on a losing streak and the spread is very small so I'm taking the Nuggets. I guess I will say if this is Lowry's last game tonight it'd almost be fitting because if I remember correctly his first couple of games with the Raptors they lost <laughs> when he uh, <laughs> when he started there and uh, maybe they'll end on a 10 game losing streak. Oh god. No give me the Raps to keep it at least a very close game and maybe get that victory and hit that money line. Good luck to everybody. That's it for us here today. We will be back tomorrow, but later in the day because it's mm-hmm. NBA trade deadline day. We will hopefully fire up um, the podcast if big, you know, important, crazy trades happen. If there's a blockbuster, we'll jump on and react to it right away. Otherwise, we got Tass's What You Need to Know, 7 o'clock tomorrow morning. And then we'll be here on Thursday afternoon. No morning show for the four of us here. Uh, I guess Tass, I, in theory, will probably be joining us for the deadline uh, show in the afternoon. I, I think he said he would. Okay, yeah. so that's fantastic. So we'll have hashtag full squad for that. Hopefully have some trades to talk about. And uh, again, we'll probably fire that up around 3, 3.30 in the afternoon um, Eastern time on Thursday. So that's the trade deadline day special. Hopefully we got something to talk about. Email us your questions for the next Beach Step and Podcast and go check out yesterday's podcast that we posted. Hitting the beach, answering your cues. Email them at nodunks at theathletic.com. Like, comment, subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. Grab your No Dunks merch at nodunks.com and subscribe to The Athletic already. Go to theathletic.com slash nodunks. Clipper, bro. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, none of us can beat an NBA player one-on-one but we might be able to score a goal on them if they're in the net. I'm going five hole. There's a lot of space between their legs, Skeets. These guys are seven feet tall. You think Brian Scalabrini can get down to the five hole? No way. Easy goal. Embrace the day, people. <laughs>